0: I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, because Rod and Karen are hot.
1: Armed and dangerous, ain't too many can bang with us. Straight up we no angel dust. Label us notorious. Thug-ass niggas that love to bust. It's strange to us, y'all niggas be scrambling, gambling. Up in restaurants with mandolins and violins, we just sitting here trying to win. Trying not to sin. High off weed and lots of gin. So much smoke, need oxygen. Steadily counting them Benjamins.
2: Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tills Podcast. Your host, Rod and... Karen, that was some classy biggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much to make a whole album of that. Just uh, the Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh Yeah. But yeah, man, it's a Monday night, um, and we're starting the week off right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: With a brand new, first time ever on the show guest. Virgin. Um, although I have been following this man on Twitter for for a while now, um, it's my man Stereo Williams. Uh, what's going on, dog? Nothing much, man. Just got out. Ain't nothing wrong with it.
1: <laughs> now,
2: hey man, how'd you how'd you get the name Stereo?
1: Um, uh, well, it's a it's a long but not that interesting story. I, when I I lived in Atlanta and I was trying to start a band and um, we were trying to come up with a name and the name of the band that I came up I came up with the name in stereo and it didn't have anything to do with anything. I just remember like if you were a kid watching TV in the eighties, mm-hmm. whenever the TV show would come on at the bottom of the screen, it would say in stereo or in stereo where available. Yes. And um it just stuck in my head. So I said in stereo. And then when the band went nowhere and I started, I, I, I've been an entertainment journalist since like the early two thousands, but by like two thousand five, two thousand six you had to become really like Google savvy. And wow. my real name is Todd Williams. And yeah. if you ever Google Todd Williams, it's like Googling John Smith. Like ah. ain't nothing gonna come up. So <clears throat> I just decided to come up with a more interesting pen name and I took the name of my band and stuck it onto my name and okay. Stereo Williams. Seven years later I'm kinda stuck with it. What what kinda <laughs> what kind of band was it? It was um like Pop rock, like, kind of like, is a weird combination of half Bruce Springsteen, half Outcast. Mm. <laughs> like, we went nowhere, bro. Like, you will never find <laughs> any lost footage. There's no lost performance. It was just four dudes sitting around, drinking too much, talking a bunch of shit about what we were gonna do, and playing for each other, <laughs> more or less.
2: Did you but- ever, now, like, was it, was the thing that got you, were you doing, uh were well, you doing critic criticism and stuff and writing about music before you started the band or, or was that something that happened afterwards?
1: It was before. I um I started writing like fresh like in college, really, like in the late nineties. Mm. Because I didn't really have a whole lot of confidence in my in music. My whole family's musical, everybody. And me being the youngest, I had that complex where it was like, I'm not as good as y'all. You know, like y'all are mm-hmm. that's their thing and I felt like My brother was like a great singer. He could play piano. He did all this stuff. And I was like, I'll never be that. So I just kind of didn't really pursue it. And I got into criticism basically out of like insecurity about being an artist. Mm. But the more that I wrote and kind of was around musicians, you know, if you got that in you, eventually it's going to start to bubble. And um, eventually I just I bought a guitar and was like, man, just do it for you. Mm. But I quit so
2: <laughs> did, don't now, be like me
1: kids follow your dreams don't be like <laughs> do
2: they look down on you like your family are they like um oh, you quit or did, are they uh you know or, or is it because you cover music are they more
1: like it's still cool it's still cool like um either way you don't make a whole lot of money so no so it's like i think my mom would have rather i i done something more stable anyway mm. but um everybody knew that it was there you know it's it's just I think that because everybody else kind of pursued it more seriously, seriously than me, they just sort of took for granted that I even cared. It was like nobody even thought that I cared about music. Um, mm-hmm. I sang in high school. It was in, you know, early 90s. I did the fake Jodeci thing and like a couple of little R&B groups yes. in, in school. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Thank God. Thank God there was no smartphones in YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> there is no footage. But, um, but yeah, they were cool with it. They, my mom is proud. You know, she saves every story still and tells all my uncles. You know, he met Chris Rock and all this stuff. So they're cool with it. Are you met Chris Rock, man. How'd you, uh, pull that off? That was two months ago, right before Top Five. We, uh, I got to Ooh. interview him over at the, um, at the, the, uh, I'm drawing a blank. The, I want to say the, the four seasons. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was cool, man. It was a really cool interview. It was during that stretch when he was, um talking about race.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> like, dope, man. Great.
1: So it was a good time to talk to him because he was super open, man. It was like I interviewed him. It was like a string of comedians. I interviewed him like on a Sunday, said the Entertainer on like a Thursday, and Jamie Foxx like the next Monday. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, so, uh, who's the number one, I guess, I mean, if you can pick one, obviously there's, I'm sure there's many, but who's your number one like favorite person that you got to interview or, or I guess best interview that came as a result of interviewing someone?
1: It's always hard to like, pinpoint somebody. Yeah. I can't think of exactly who I would say is the best. I just remember the most <laughs> the most controversial stuff and the most like like just cool experience. Like yeah. um mm-hmm. or just the weirdest experience. Like I interviewed Oliver Stone and um it was he, he's the most intense person I've ever maybe that and I'm an intense person, but he might be the most intense person I've ever interviewed because he's one of those people that gets like nose to nose when he talks to you. <laughs> and I'm, it kind of makes you uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I scoot back a little bit, heat scoot up, that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, we gonna talk today.
1: Yeah, it's like, bro, like, I feel you, like, you know, I love Platoon, but back up a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Spike is an interesting personality. <laughs> yeah. Um, I interviewed Will Ferrell once, and he was real cool. Um, the controversial stuff, isn't. It, 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 I don't have too many bad stories, but I've tweeted about, um, you know, Lil Kim's people didn't like me for a little mm-hmm. while. <laughs> um,
2: now, why didn't they like you? Was it because right. of something you wrote, or did they just like have a bad experience during the interview? It was both. Oh. Like, um, yeah, you know, they shoot niggas. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a lot of pressure, bro. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure.
1: <laughs> it was just, you know, without going too deep, it was just a, a situation where I understand, like, coming from her perspective, she's taking a lot of shit. Like, she really right. has um from the media like people attack her and make fun of her and all that so i get being defensive but it was almost like you can google the story like from from the first question it was hostility Mm. it was like she wasn't feeling anything i had to ask her and i was trying to be as fair and respectful you know because i'm i'm not one of those journalists i'm not trying to like trap you i'm not trying to like throw you under the bus i'm not trying to make fun of you but um she just was not feeling me at all and then afterwards like the story got held for almost a year because her people were so mad about it. And, um, it kind of like, it it was my first year in New York and I would be at different things. I was at another photo shoot like six months later and the stylist that was working at photo shoot was just sort of talking to the other person. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Yeah, and did you hear there was somebody apparently that interviewed Lil' Kim and just was trashing her and she don't want to have nothing to do with him and blah, blah, blah. He was trying to make a name for himself by trashing Lil' Kim. And I was like, I wonder who they're talking about. Yeah. Sure Sure enough, her publicist basically was just kind of dragging me, you know, kind of via the grapevine, just sort of dragging me through the mud as this, like, no-name writer who was trying to make a name for himself by dragging Lil' Kim. And I'm like, I don't wanna, you know, hurt nobody's feelings, but Dragon Lil' Kim is kind of like everybody's doing that right now. It's not yeah. like you know what I'm saying? And it's not like it's nineteen ninety seven when, you know, a little kim drag can really make your name. But right.
0: correct.
2: Yeah, I guess for some reason you stuck out to them.
1: Yeah, I really I really wrote to the wrong way. Which now, is unfortunate.
2: How now what you said they held the story for a year.
1: Almost well, a does, year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what does that mean? I yeah. mean they can
2: call you and be like, don't run this story.
1: Yeah, like that's what, that's what annoyed me without kind of, again, throwing to, throwing anybody under the bus. It was just sort of like because of the controversy. And sometimes you hear a lot of people say this, man. And, and I'm just going to be very real with you. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to black entertainment media, we get treated like PR mm-hmm. a lot of times. And a lot of these, a lot of publicists, managers and things like that, because they know you're not Rolling Stone magazine or you're not MTV. They kind of try to bully you into fluff pieces, more or less. Okay. And they will try to, um, yeah, just sort of like paint you into a corner, paint publications into a corner where they have to write, where they think they have to write sort of these kind of ass kiss pieces. Wow. Cause you don't want to lose the contact, you know, because for smaller black publications, you have to have, kind of good relations with these big names to get them. Like, Rolling Stone could drag Drake all day, and they're still going to be Rolling Stone tomorrow. Right? I mean, it's not going to hurt them at all. But a smaller publication, that's why you see so many of these Black publications, and you read the stories, and they're good, but they don't go in like, you know, like E! News could go in, or whoever could go in. Right. And it's because they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say afraid, but a lot of these artists, not the artists themselves, but their handlers, kind of hold a lot of power and sort of lean on them to I could tell some real stories if I wanted to get deep like Mm -hmm. I've had phone calls I've had text messages from people like demanding that I take stories down and it's like I don't work Mm -hmm. for you wow (laughs) I don't work for you at all but you know it's I contribute for a lot of different publications and I'll tell you this it always happens when I'm working for a black publication Mm. Or if it's, if it's a, if it's a major mainstream publication, they're never going to call them and say, take this down. Mm. They'll call me and try to pressure me to take it down, right. but they'll never call who I wrote for and say it because they know a major, a major mainstream publication doesn't need you.
2: Right. Yeah. They Dang. see that, they see that relationship more as um, important. Yeah, Well, not right. just important, but like Rolling Stone can help me by writing about me. But what can, right. I don't know, BET voices do. Right. You know. Y'all need
1: me more than I need y'all. Is kind of the attitude. Right. right. And now, um, I've talked you? about this a lot yeah. outside of just sort of one on one interviews. Even when I used to work red carpets on a regular basis, you would be at an event and see how like it would be a black event. And the publicists are sort of just kind of waving and passing by the black media or giving you like a little blurb to hurry up and get their client over to E! News or The Hollywood Reporter or whoever and it's like if this goes up on entertainment tonight this is going to be like a 10 second blur on entertainment wow. tonight right whereas with these black companies it'll be like a full story like they're really here for you but you're just kind of like a, one of one of one of dozens of people that will be featured on this other thing that you that you're giving so much weight to it's it's mm. it's kind of a drag man like i i uh it was one of the reasons why i kind of <clears throat> stepped away for a little while
2: yeah
1: but um it's, it's, I, I don't want to complain about, the, like, it's, it's a great thing to do to earn a living doing right. what I do, mm-hmm. but I don't think people understand kind of what it's like, especially now, um, in kind of like with the, with the social media and the blog revolution, like everybody's a blogger. Everybody's got stuff going on. So it's even more competition and you get, you really get kind of the short end of the stick from a lot of these, um, from a lot of the media relations people, from labels to studios to whoever. I had a situation around the same time of the Chris Rock interview where um, a publicist literally, like, was, I wish I would saved the text messages. It was like a page of text messages complaining about a story that I wrote and demanding that I take it down. Like, you have, this has to come down. And I just was like, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get too gangster, like, who you think you're talking to, but that's really, really where you go with it, like, on some, Like, that, I don't work for you, like, at all. Right. Because there's never been a time in my life where I would take something down or even change a story to appease a publicist because Mm. your job is to make them look good. If if you can't tell, if you can't coach your client before the interview, don't come behind the interview and try to get me to sort of sanitize what they said. Mm. Um, Have you ever gotten, have you ever been in the
2: middle of an interview and been like, Oh my God! I can't believe I got this quote. This is gonna
1: be bad for them, but good for me. You know what I mean? I mean, any journalist that tells you no is a liar. <laughs> like, you, do, you have those moments where it's like, where it's like, oh
2: shit. Like when that, like when I saw uh, like Anthony Mackie or like even with Kendrick Lamar, uh, I just wonder. Like at that moment, the the only thing is like I feel like the answer is so out of pocket of what the person was expecting. They almost never have a follow-up question and I yeah. really wish they would have that follow-up question because that follow-up question can either, you know, and maybe maybe they don't want to because maybe it would fix whatever they said, but I kind of want the follow-up question because I want to know like, what the hell exactly do you mean? But I always feel like the journalist's eyes must just get like saucer pans and be like I can't believe, just like poker face poker face, poker face, I just need to get, finish this interview, go type this shit up because uh, you about to be
1: viral, brother it it happens and you know again with the current media climate now that everything is so click happy and, and and page view driven i mean that's the game you know to a large extent like you you can't before you know if if somebody said something salacious and it was in print people might see it but it doesn't everybody's not going to see it and it's not going to go everywhere like it does on the online wow. whereas now if somebody says something crazy all you got to really do is just post it wow. and you know, yeah. it's a feeding frenzy. So you can't really deny that that's a part of it. What I try not to do, like I said, I don't throw you under the bus. Right. And, and I'm, and, and sometimes I'll do the Ed Bradley, like, <laughs> like with, uh, with, never mind, <laughs> But <laughs> I, there thinking? was one that I interviewed recently, mm-hmm. um, who gave a, a lot of very controversial interviews recently. Mm-hmm. Um, who you may have mentioned a second ago but um okay and during the interview I did try to do what you know the Ed Bradley like the Ed Bradley and the Michael Jackson interview where it's like bro do you, you realize what you just said
2: right you want to go here you want to stick with this are you sure this is
1: what you want to say yeah and um he kind of just doubled down repeatedly yeah so once, once that happens it's like what can I do like I can't spoon feed you I can't throw you a life preserver I right. can just try to steer it Um, It turned into more of a, almost kind of a debate, Mm -hmm. like he was offering his position and I kind of countered, but at the same time, as the interviewer, you have to remember that that's not your job. It's not your job to really debate with the person that you're interviewing. It's your job to listen to whatever they have to say. So I can offer my little counters to try to say, bruh, do you really want to go here? But ultimately your position is your position and I'm going to write your position. So.
0: Yeah, I'll oh, go ahead, Karen. And how, how many people do you think, do you think people invest money in PR and getting training to speak to the media like they should, or is this something that people just assume that once you get to a certain status, you should pay people to teach you how to talk and what to say, or do a lot of people like, fuck it, I don't need these people, I'm just going to go out here and freeball it and end up screwing themselves over because they don't know how to present themselves to the media and how to talk to the media.
1: I think a lot of people screw themselves over. Like, Mm -hmm. and some of it is just trial by fire. Like, when it's, um, especially back when I was doing pretty much nothing but rappers, you get a lot of rappers and like these cats have no, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're coming from a place where they're not used to having microphones stuck in their face all the time. And, and, and a lot of these cats are super young. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like some of that is just youth and inexperience. And there's nothing really that you can do about it. But, And I, and I, and I'm, I'm sympathetic to those guys. And those are the guys that I really try not to, you know, if you say something boneheaded, there ain't nothing I can do about it, but I try not to lead you. I try not to give you the rope. You know what I'm saying? Whereas with other people, especially like if you've been doing this for a while, there are a lot of people who get so comfortable and it's not because they're not groomed and it's not because they don't understand media It's because a, they're just very unfiltered, which is commendable to a large degree. It's, it's good yeah. that you say what, how you feel from just an honesty standpoint, even if it's bad for your brand sometimes. And then some people have played the game for so long that they've gotten to a place where they don't care anymore. Or it's okay. just like, it's not worth me not saying how I really feel. And they're willing to take the brunt. Those are the people that I respect the most. Mm-hmm. I respect... people who say how they feel and just take whatever comes afterwards
2: yeah i like that too man because um and i'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit but uh i think something that people have to get used to is that everything you say now is going to be scrutinized
0: everything for
2: whether it's for clicks whether it's going to be spun whether it's going to be straight up it doesn't even matter uh you're going to have some opinions that just do not please everybody and everyone has them if If I interviewed anyone, eventually we would find the thing where it was like, yeah, that's a thing that's not popular, you know, or that's controversial. I like the people that do something not popular and then they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, I did it. Like, what do you want me to do? That is how I feel. And I'm not, I can't take that back. And, you know, maybe they'll develop on that. Maybe they want, but I I like the people that, that do that. I like comedians that make jokes and maybe the joke doesn't go over and they're just like, all right, well, the joke didn't work, but. I stand behind the process of the joke. I, I believed right. in that joke. And, you know, I, I do, I'm, you know, I don't like the, uh, the apologies just for like saving face where like I didn't learn anything, but I'm just scared to lose my job or whatever. So, yeah. so I'm kind of a fan of that, man. I I was waiting to see. And plus, like you said, especially with rappers and stuff, like, uh, even with Kendrick, we're watching that dude develop, you right. know? So, I know at certain ages, if you ask me certain questions, you would get a completely different answer than what I have now. And shit in 10 years, maybe I have another answer to this, you know, than what I have now, you know? So I think a lot of times what happens though, is uh, with the internet, it's like a snapshot, you know, you get, Mm -hmm. people get that one snapshot and they just want to leave a person there forever. But you know, I, I mean, as, as funny as it sounds, use this example, Chris Brown, isn't the 17 year old, that he was when uh when he hit Rihanna. Now right. I'm not saying he's, you know, my level of maturity. Right. But when I hear him talk now, I'm like, that dude's more mature than he was at 17. You know what I mean? That's and maybe true.
1: when it's he hit like four other Grammy winners, but now he finally
2: Right. <laughs> but maybe when he's 37, we'll be like By the
1: sixth beatdown, he was yeah.
2: like, we got to stop beating up singers. Exactly. Like perfect example, Bobby Brown. Like yeah. I remember when it was when Bobby Brown was like the 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 prince of R&B, but also the bad boy, like, yo, yeah. R- Bobby Brown, he yeah. out there, and now we're like, yo, this dude's a father, this dude is, uh um, you know, uh shook drugs, this dude has a, a perspective on life, when you see him interviewing, like, he's lived life, and some of it good, some of it bad, and when you see, see hear him get interviewed, you're just like, yo, this dude is totally different
1: yeah. than what I it remember a as lot. a kid. It took a lot, I hope, I hope that my hope for young people, especially young people in the spotlight, is that it doesn't take... Because even Chris Brown has been through... Uh, you know, he's made a lot of mistakes a in lot. the public eye. Um, and sometimes that's how it is when you're growing up. Because a lot of us, it wasn't just... We like to think after that one time we learned our lesson. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us, it it took falling down several times for you to really figure out what, what you had to fix about you. And two things I always want to remember is that, A when someone is young, you kind of have to give them acknowledge when they screw up, but recognize, like you said, that they're evolving and growing and not just write them off, depending on what it is.
2: Right. Um, Yeah.
1: And also you have to know that as you're growing, you, you might have to take the time to allow somebody to, to have that, the bad experience. Like it's, it's it's like there isn't going to be enough, in, in recognizing that they screwed up and recognizing that they messed up, you can call them out on it. Right. Because that's a part of their growth. Like if, if one thing that I noticed, like, cause I wrote about Kendrick's remarks mm-hmm. and some people had a problem with what I wrote and they said that it was unfair because he's so, you know, he's so, oh, he's like 27. He's not like a baby, yeah, but, they're not a um, yeah. everybody was saying, you know, he's young. He's still growing. And it's like, yeah, he's young and he's still growing. But we also have to recognize that all criticism isn't an indictment, right? Right. You know, just because I said you need to be more informed and you need to do better doesn't mean that I'm saying Kendrick Lamar ain't shit and I'm never buying his music again. Right. That's I'm how saying,
2: you like. That's how you grow.
1: Right. Is, is you would, if if nobody so. ever stopped me and said, "Young young fella, you screwing up," I would have never shaped up. Right. You know. So we, I think to a certain degree, we've gotten to a place where we, we've gotten to this really weird all or nothing
0: right. place in the culture.
1: Right, and it's like you you we have to be able to understand this kind of if you if you criticize anybody, you're a hater, and you're this and you're that, and it's like you can criticize people out of love. I've been criticized out of love my whole life, right if it wasn't for the criticism of people who love me, I would never be a better person, right. so we have to make allowances for that, so allow them to screw up, allow them to mess up and allow them to grow, but recognize that part of your, part of the growth, if you really care about this person or even a celebrity as a fan or just an observer you have to kind of like say this is bullshit. You can do better.
2: Yeah. I think that being empathic is uh part of it. Like one of the things I try to work on, you know, as I get older is being empathic and trying to understand stuff from other people's perspective, even people that fuck up. Like, yeah. cause I don't think people wake up in the morning, like, I'm gonna try to say something racist. Like I, I, for the for the most part, most people wake up and then they stumble into some stupid shit, and then it's like, you know, and then and then it's kind of like, well, how would you get to this stupid shit? Because I feel like if you trace that back, you have a better understanding of that person, and then you get a better understanding from your for, of yourself as well, like why yeah. you react a certain way to certain things, right? um And I, I read the piece on Kendrick, and I thought it was fair. Um, I read a lot of stuff on, on Kendrick. I thought that commentary around what Kendrick said was better than the comments because he didn't really elaborate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um but uh I you know, I read I read around it and I was just like, you know, seeing other people's perspectives, it was cool, you know, and I'm glad that conversation got started. But I wanna see where Kendrick's at in five years with that, you know? Because yeah. um, I do remember growing up and I think maybe the times change, especially with social media. You know, some of my favorite rappers used to hit you with that, um, Hey man, if you selling drugs in the hood, you ain't shit. So right. don't you know like mm-hmm. uh you know, where it's like, Yeah, fuck the police, but fuck you too, you drug right. dealing motherfucker. And it was like I think you could say it back then and it was more it felt more constructive, but I feel like black people got trolled so much in the last like two or three years through social media, through the news, uh the twenty four hour news station. Mm-hmm. We, I don't think we trust anybody. Like, I don't think you get to say shit like that anymore. Cause people are just like, so what you mean about black on black crime? Then you trying to say, it's okay to kill me. And it's like, no, nah, I'm just saying, nope, I don't want to hear that shit. I know you from the hood. I don't give a fuck. Don Lemon said it. So you can't say it. You know, I think we're at that point where it's all polarized now. And it's going to be interesting to see where we go
1: from that. I think, I think that, and I had this conversation with um, a friend of mine, It's when you say it and why you say it is as important as what you say. Yeah. And we all like, of course, like, I don't think anybody that gives a shit about black people is cool with black young black men killing each other. Like, no, of course we're not. But if I'm in the middle of talking about Ferguson or Eric Garner and you throw that in there. Then what's your intention in throwing that in there? Right. Your intention in throwing that in there probably isn't just concern for young black men. Right. Your intention is probably to silence this conversation right. or undermine this conversation. Right. So it's like, like I gave the example on Twitter right after the Kendrick thing happened. I said, KRS1 wrote sound of the police. Mm-hmm. He also wrote stop the violence. Mm-hmm. Like those two ideas aren't mutually exclusive. Right. But he didn't end sound of the police with a verse about violence? stopping the violence. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can speak to both of these issues without using this to sort of undercut that. And that was the problem that I had with Kendrick's position and a lot of the cats that I got into debates with yeah. about it is because you can't you if you we all care about what's happening in the streets. But that thing and this thing aren't connected. Mm. Like we can address this issue. It's like saying why are you talking about obesity when half our kids can't read? It's Mm. like, (laughs) what does that have to do with... You know what I mean? Like, Mm. we can address both of these things. And um, I think in terms of the... That's the climate in terms of when you talk about people not being ready to have that conversation. I think we still care. It's just uh, so many people have been using that to diffuse the other thing that you have to be real kind of... You have to be real vigilant right now about what you say about these issues because there are too many people particularly white people and particularly white people in positions of influence who will hear that and go, see, you see, right. I told you, I think black on black crime. Nobody wants to talk about that. And it's like, but you're not getting off that easy.
2: That's when earlier I was talking about the insecurity within ourselves. I think that's an insecurity we have. And I think people put the, when they hear the word insecurity, they associate it with something negative. I'm not saying in in a negative way, just dictionary term, just straight, you know, a thing that we are concerned about because, you know, how we feel it's being perceived. And I do feel like that's what happens. Sometimes Is like, I'll look at myself and be like, why am I insecure about how Kendrick feels about black on black crime versus, uh, police and, and citizens killing innocent black people. And it, part of that is this idea of well, white people will hear it, and then they'll think it's okay. You know, which, you know, it, they shouldn't be, they, that shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, Part part of that is the fact that I feel like white people are going to go away with that and think, think, well, since Kendrick said it, this is a thing that, you know, I can feel comfortable believing. And I think, you know, I would fight them on that, too, because I think black people do have diverse opinions and we don't Mm -hmm. all agree. Mm -mm. And just because Stacey Dash says some dumb shit doesn't mean it's okay for you to go run with that dumb shit. Just because Jason Whitlock agrees with some racist, racist points doesn't mean that. You know, the guy listening to Fox uh, Sports gets to walk around and say, Well, Whitlock said, 'cause I, you know, if my friends ever try that shit, I'll straight up jack them up in public, like, Nope, that's not happening. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's that insecurity all around. And it is kind of this environment where, like I said, we've been trolled so much, man. I, you know, I don't know that it how it'll end or if it'll ever end, 'cause I just feel like the trolling is so profitable. At this point, you know, like everyone, you can do a TV show off of it, and hey, ask a cop, and then CNN's got the number one ratings for the news at night. Um, right. So I don't, I, you know, I don't know what the right answer is, but I do hope that Kendrick does some of this stuff gets back to him, and I hope he, do, you know, develops, because you know, I could, I could see his point, but I feel like he needs to, he he got to he got to elaborate more on that, and I mean musically as well, because. I thought good kid, mad city is one of them like seminal, like black love records. You know what I mean? To just like, it didn't even really care about anybody, but us. it's like a, from black people to black people. Like this Mm is, this is some shit that, you know, uh, my personal journey. And then I wonder like to get something. So, uh, so with so much thought put into it to get that comment, I was just kind of like, man, I wonder where he's going with this. So, yeah. Looking forward to the new album anyway though. Got to see he takes <laughs> yeah, this like, shit. You know,
1: his art is so strong. Yeah. And that's why um <laughs> I mean, being honest and being fair like if Migos or somebody said that shit, right? I, <laughs> you know what I'm like, I, I wouldn't give them so much leeway. Right. But his art being so strong, um it doesn't make me get let him off the hook. Right. But it does make me go like you said, I want to see what happens next with him, yeah. because I feel like there's more there. And as you touched on earlier, if you would have asked me something like that 15 years ago, I might have had a similar response. Like, we're right. all kind of evolving. I didn't come out the womb with, with the perspectives that I have now. Right. Hell, you can find old tweets from like 2008, 2009, right? and I'll probably sound very different than I do now about a whole lot of stuff. Right. So, we got to just, it's good to remember that a, like re- remember who's family and who ain't. Right. And remember um remember that it's okay to be to tell somebody you love that they're wrong. Right. And I don't mean love like in a real personal level, but just on some yeah. I respect you as an artist. You, your your art, your art matters to me. Um I think you're wrong on this, but I'm not going to throw you away because I disagree with you
2: on. Yeah, when I listen to Black at the Berry, the thing I came away with is if I was Kendrick's friend, I would be like I don't think you're a hypocrite. That that's it like i like you might feel a certain way and i understand it's very emotionally conflicting and you're only talking about your own personal feelings and shit but end of the day that shit don't make you a hypocrite you can cry right. for both those people um yes go what are you saying Karen? yeah
0: but so yes you can and you can have concern about it and and things like that and uh Touching on some of the things that you were saying you guys were saying before about the social media, something I realize is that older generation our our age and older have a tendency to forget. Uh well they they don't forget they just don't give a fuck about them fucking up in their childhood and them right. doing screwed up shit and them having sex on school grounds and them doing drugs and them getting high mm. and right. them you know hoin around and all this other stuff but guess what there was no film with no camera with no tape couldn't nobody put no revenge pouring on, up up on you right. and also <laughs> and, and and a lot of times my thing is this instead of you. Having sympathy and empathy and remembering people coming and talking to you and teaching you and advising you and helping you and guiding you in a loving manner. You use this as a way to judge people because it's on the internet forever. But I tell people, don't forget, if your life was plastered like their life is plastered where people view you the same way as they do right right now. You can just look and give them the side eye, go, mm glad I don't know about I know I was fucking such such glad I don't know about I know I did such such. Glad such such no don't know I didn't suck that dick because (laughs) it's not somewhere it could be posted. So don't be judgmental on on children and the same ideas and philosophies that you have right now. You didn't think like this five years ago, ten years ago. Fifteen years ago, and so my thing is like people are not forgiving, but they want this empathy and sympathy and mercy placed on their lives.
1: Right?
2: Yeah, I noticed I, also stereo. Speaking of Twitter, <laughs> you talk about music a lot. <laughs> you, Do I? Yeah. yeah. Now, now I, I'm not saying that's a negative. I, I I love it, but I'm saying I don't talk about music that much because people go crazy about music yeah, so man. strong yet like emotions. how do you deal with the constant like do you just enjoy the debate and the back and forth or or like how do you deal with that because i would i, mean, I would man, be cussing someone out daily dude
1: <laughs> i um it's 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 funny like when it's cool it's cool and then it all it, it takes that turn because you know as you know um i'll react <laughs> <laughs> I, I will go there, and um, and people come at you crazy, and um, I don't know. Like sometimes it's fun, and sometimes it's draining as hell. I tweet about music almost compulsively, just because um, I'm always in some headphones, so it's like whatever I'm listening to, I'll tweet about it. Um, I watch, I watch music documentaries, like like I, I watch music documentaries about bands and artists that I don't even give a shit about. I just I'm that into. Uh, part of why I became a music journalist was because I love music, but a big part of why I became a music journalist is because I love music journalism. So I'm that dude that watched a shitload of documentaries, that read a shitload of interviews, that just kind of absorbed every bit of fucking music trivia that came came across my way. And on Twitter, people are crazy. Like, yeah. people are, are super weird about whatever artists they like or don't like. I remember... um when I think when Bamani Jones first started following me, one of our first exchanges or one of the first things he retweeted was me kind of t- criticizing Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I tend to, I, I tend to tweet about a lot of older music because it's safer. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed <laughs> um, that too. sometimes because so many like new music, like so, so many people are like intensely devoted to current artists and i'm not even that intensely passionate about the artist one way or the other to have some 19 year old cussing me out on twitter so i would tweet about old stuff and this day i tweeted about eric clapton and it wasn't that favorable favorable and um dude for about three hours i had people in my mentions calling me ignorant nigga and <laughs> don't what shit. What, why are you tweeting about rock music anyway and don't you know who Eric Clapton is and blah blah and I'm just like it, days like that are when I when I go to my it's time for me to take a break so, yeah. sort of place yeah. because it's something man to have like a bunch of strangers calling you an asshole at the, all at the same time but for the most part it's it's cool it's just certain certain artists man um People, I don't, I don't tweet about Beyonce. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. no, you bet, no, you better not. I and I, ever, and I'm I don't a, ever
1: tweet about Beyonce. Oh well, uh, Rihanna, I, I don't need it. I don't need that. I don't need that evil on me, Ricky Bobby.
2: Yeah, the <laughs> I only tweet about Beyonce positive things. Cause yeah.
1: Yeah, Anytime I don't think- she
2: do something I don't like or I don't approve of, I be like I keep that to myself. Yeah, I,
1: the world don't need to hear. it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like it, ain't, it ain't worth the headache, man. And, yeah. and the, uh, the thing is, um, like I watch the uh, Grammys, um, and you know I, you know I'm 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 old. I, I'm stuck in my ways. I like my music, um, even though I keep up with new music, it's mostly hip hop that I keep up with. You know, and just right. whatever strikes my fancy, you know, right. bunch of shit, but um I'll you know I'll see certain people like I saw Sia for the first time and I was like how do y'all even know that this is a fucking like person this could be Rihanna in a wig this could be a recording like (laughs) y'all could be getting played and I just made the joke because you know I joke a lot and man people got mad for real it's like that's my girl you gonna stop talking about Sia I'm
1: coming for you Right. I don't tweet about current art, like I do, but like I try to keep it to a minimum because like, you know how so many artists today have these little, like the Bayhive and Rihanna's Navy and all these people. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's almost like a cult of fans. Yeah. Yeah. I started
2: one. I started one for Lauren Hill. It's called the Ant, it's called the Ant Hill. (laughs) (laughs) You talk talk shit about Lauren not showing up at your concert. We coming for your ass. (laughs) He's down the low. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Yo, boogie monsters yeah
2: <laughs> we'll come get you dog you we'll find out you oh she ain't showed up yet we'd we'll be all up in your mentions play the album then go get the cd and listen to that in the car you ain't got to be talking
0: bad about the queen <laughs> you and you know what when, when it comes to music i love music and i love you know certain artists and things like that but i've never had that thing in me where i just go crazy if you say anything like i've never had that within me
2: yeah, and Indiana.
0: and I don't know if it's because of the internet or social media, and a lot of times I think a lot of them, back to that youth, a lot of them are young, right? Yes. Like really, 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 super, super, duper young. Is is they all in or out right. at that age? Yeah, what bothers
2: me is, uh, I think what broke me was uh, I used to be on uh, this website, sohh, on the forums yeah. back in the day, you know, um, and the, what what broke me was when people used to argue the Jay Z versus Nas thing so much they had to create this own separate form <laughs> just for that and i was like oh i like nothing makes you feel like a loser more than that than being right. like I, let me go check the threads <laughs> to see what the new thing is today two years after ether and takeover came out like <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> i was like
2: i can't do it man can't do it can't see myself fighting with you that long bro yeah
1: it's like i can't i, I like to what i realized. Coming from that era of when cats used to argue all day about who was the best MC, Biggie, Jay Z, or Nas, and now it's kind of like I'm more into like if you notice, a lot of my tweets are more sort of, for lack of a better word, history lessons. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of give perspective on certain eras in music or certain artists, little stuff that I know, as opposed to debating real hard about who's better. Mm-hmm. Now I will clown artists just because it's fun to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like making fun of boys to men. I enjoy it. <laughs> you know? But um, I'm not really trying to like piss you off with it. It's just like hey, Have
2: you ever done that and then the artist hit you up on Twitter cuz that happened to me before?
1: Um, it's never been an artist. Not well, oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Sauce money came at me on Twitter. <laughs> 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 Yo, I've had when it comes to that shit, I've had the most. I tell people all the time. My Twitter rogues gallery is the most random collection of personalities. <laughs> like, Whitlock came after me.
2: Who, who uh, who's that? Woodlock, Woodlock. Jason Woodlock. Oh, yeah. Whitlock blocked me for some reason. I've never said a word to that, that man. He blocked me.
1: I said <laughs> something and he was all in my mentions. And then, um, Roland Martin came after me once. Mm. And, um, Sauce Money, Scott Bayo, <laughs> and there was somebody else there's like a third random ass person who i can't think of right now but sauce money and scott Bayo are my two favorites oh
2: my it's god like, how the hell does that happen one of the dudes from Goody mob came and got me because i was making some jokes about how uh they fell off at the Celo left <laughs> he was like no nah, man we still think it was like it was a cool joke one of them was like we still going to Come back, man. We working on an album. One monkey don't stop no show. I was like, all right, brother. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's okay. I, yeah. Then another time I it's tweeted sad. about uh I tweeted about the Fugees and Chip Foo actually hit me up. It was like, <laughs> yeah, man. I still rap and I and it just it started feeling sad because I wasn't even shitting <laughs> on them. It's like I was trying to I was remembering how dope they was. Like, yo, man, I really like the Fugees. I forgot how much I liked them. Yeah. Listening to their greatest hits here, I, you know, I like like eight of these ten songs and then. All of a sudden, he hit me up and was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm still rapping. I'm going to be doing the show over at so-and-so. I was like, oh, man. Damn, no. and he DMing
1: you like, you want some tickets? Right.
2: Right. It's like uh, that I used to make a joke about how uh, I saw Dre from Black Sheep uh, make, uh, working fries in the, um, in the mall one time, and everybody gets mad at that joke. But I was just like, that's how it felt. It was like, damn, Chip Food, man, you working fries at the food court. Coming in on Twitter, man, I felt so bad, but... Uh, alright, man. Um, let's, let, let me ask you a couple questions about some, uh, some current stuff going on right now. Alright. Did you see the Grammys? No. I
1: all didn't right. watch the Grammys. I didn't watch the Oscars. I kind of, I got the highlights, but I didn't watch.
2: Alright. Now, do you not watch the Grammys out of like some sort of moral stance or you just don't care?
1: Semi moral stance because I don't care. Mm, okay. Like, um, with the, I just, I've tweeted about, every year I tweet the same stuff about the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's a super out of touch award show, and I really wish, I hate to see hip-hop begging for respect from the Grammys. Me too. Like, it really, it really bothers me. <laughs> like, now, will, really, you, will you watch uh, BET Awards, or uh, hip, BET Hip-Hop Awards? Yeah, sometimes. Like, I'll mm-hmm. watch the BET Awards, I'll watch the VMAs. Um, part of why I will watch those shows is because they don't pretend to be some lofty thing. You know, it's yeah. like everybody kind of knows it's just fun. Mm-hmm. And it's just a chance to kind of, to show love to people. Whereas with something like the Grammys, they sell you on this idea that it's this prestigious thing. And it's like music's biggest night. And it's like, it ain't though. It's like music's corniest night. Really? <laughs> it's like y'all are the most out of, out of all the major awards, the Grammys are the most out of touch. Consistently. Right. Yep. Yep.
2: And I always feel like, um like I'm of two minds about it. Like one, I understand why black people watch it because we it's not unfair for us to crave representation and to demand it and it's not going to happen if we don't make our voices heard. So so yeah, you should if you do watch it. I mean, fuck. Black people are in movies, we take roles, we have the same jobs, we like there's no reason you should feel like well, this isn't for me. I'm just not going to even uh, you know, I'm not even going to say anything. I do like to see people challenge it, but I don't watch it because I don't feel fed, man. I feel like they don't take me seriously and my yeah. taste seriously. Right. So why should I take them seriously? And I don't want to give them that type of control over my life to where now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tuning in to be disrespected. Right. And I, and I feel like that's what happened with the Oscars last
0: night. And I guess for me, and everybody kind of has a different roles, and my role isn't to be that fighter. But there are people where that's their role, to right. fight. And I'm like, fuck it. I, can, if I want to be entertained, and I want something to represent me. I go find it. I don't um, demand that, that you put me here, you know, right. but but there are people that that's their fight, and I support their fight. And I think sometimes you deserve it.
2: Like, Correct. You know, I, if you've earned something, there's no reason you, like, a closed mouth don't get fed, so right. uh, like, one of the big controversies, I don't know how you feel about it, because um, I, you know, I know you don't talk about Beyoncé on Twitter, but uh, <laughs> it was Beyoncé versus Beck uh,
1: for like a week straight oh, on Twitter. Yeah. I had opinions on that. I had strong opinions.
2: Yeah, what do you think about that?
1: Like, Okay, two things. I think, I'm not saying necessarily that Beck should have gotten album of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did have a real problem with Kanye's comments. In terms of, I was one of those people who was like, how are you going to just call this man not an artist though? Like, my problem with the way Kanye handled the situation is like, Kanye tends to kind of spray into the crowd and just say fuck it to whoever got hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would love for him to attack the institutions if he's going to attack anybody. Right. But he, he tends to attack the artist. Right. And it's like, Beck didn't give himself that award.
0: mm right.
1: Beck just received an award that somebody else gave him. Correct. So instead of slamming this man who, and, and yeah, I'm a fan. Like, this man has made tremendous music since I was 18 years old. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, this guy who's obviously very credible and established and who works hard on his craft. And even if I wasn't a fan, I would feel that way. Like, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan either, but it's like, I'm right. not going to shit on her just because she right. won something I didn't think she should have won. Right. I will dog out the the institution that gave her that award and and ask them why. Right. Right. Um, with that being said, I think that it was a very valid argument to make in terms of um, the way the, the Grammys tend to treat contemporary Black artists. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this thing, I feel so conflicted about this in terms of giving the Grammys that kind of leeway in the first place is because like I always tweet about, they've consistently been so clueless. Like, right. It's just like, they're always wrong. So for me, it's not even necessarily about the way that they treat black artists. It's just about the way that they don't get shit right. Most of the time. Right. Um, So on the, on the one hand, I don't respect them on that level. Now, specifically speaking to race, I do think it's kind of a scam the way they do parade black artists out kind of like how the Oscars did last night. I didn't watch the show, but I heard right. the camera was always on black celebrities in the audience. And there yeah. was so many black people presenting. And it's yeah. like to give the appearance of diversity to say, look, we're all here. Right. But when it comes time to announce nominees, there are no black faces or there's one or two. Right. So I do resent the way these award shows kind of allow everybody at the table but only feed certain folks yeah
2: i yeah and i agree and i think also it's kind of funny because uh to me it was kind of simple i thought before the award was handed out if you took a poll of the vast majority of people in general they would have thought beyonce was gonna win that award right which is you know so it's like in hindsight people kind of made up like nah see she especially because of Kanye they weren't like well she's not even an artist and it's like okay she can't play 10 instruments but let's not disrespect the collaboration it takes to put out a project like that especially 17 videos uh you know internet private release like a bunch of shit you know um and I and it was kind of weird to see like the polarization of the whole conversation because kanye entered the
1: fray and of course <laughs> kanye
2: came in like a bull in a china shop yeah he just <laughs> kanye that shit he just came in and kanye it and here we end up having like you can't even discuss it without talking about kanye and it was kind of simple to me man it put ironically it put beck's album back on like i was like okay right. well now i want to go it's listen Beck. yeah before that i was kind of like i don't think i'm gonna listen to beck's album until i get around mm-hmm. to it maybe and then it was like, okay, priority number one tomorrow. I gotta go listen oh, to the best album. <laughs> yeah, like I like it must be that fire
1: because right. Like, cause Just that, to have the conversation, I gotta hear it now.
2: Yeah, and yeah. you know, and it was funny because uh, a week later, I think we ran a poll, and a week later there were still people that hadn't listened to both albums. They're both on Spotify. Like God. you can easily find them. I won't. I think people, and I, I think that's when I realized that for a lot of people that even watch this stuff, it's just a popularity contest and it's rooting for their personal interest. Um, and it's like, if they don't like a person, then that's what they're rooting about. So it's like, I don't like Beyonce. I don't like Kanye, especially. So I'm glad she lost. But then those same people were glad Iggy, Iggy Azalea lost. You right. Know? But but I'm like, did you listen to Iggy's album versus Eminem's rap God? Cause yeah, Rap guy's not one of the Eminem's best albums mm, at all, in my opinion. It was trash. And like I was, I,
1: I, and it got it got album of the year, right? I mean, great rap, rap album, rap of the year. album of the year. And I'm I was, like, I don't know anybody that liked that
2: album, right? I was like, who, <laughs> who, Nobody. dog? Like, even if you, even if you took it to simple sales, I think Iggy out sold him. So it's like, even on the sales, if you just keep it sales, she should have beat him. But people were just so happy she lost because they don't she like lost. her. Nobody even
1: gave a shit that it was a bullshit album that won, as long as she didn't win.
2: Right, and I've li- and I l- tried to listen to that album. Dog, it's homophobic. Like he went back to be homophobic again. Yeah, it's like it's
1: it's like watching. Um, it, it. I I I had to review that album when it came out, and yeah. it. Um, to me, it just sounded like Eminem trying to reclaim old shit. Like an old guy trying to reclaim his old, his old persona. Yeah. And it just didn't it work. It didn't sound very inspired or anything. It was just kind of like just some shit he put out.
2: Right. Especially after the progression he made on the album before that where you were like, well, this is a more mature Eminem. This is a grown man. Right. Like, looking back at his life. Okay. I see this dude. And you go listen to the next and like, oh, so we back to dick jokes and fast huh? Okay. <laughs> right. Right, it's like on watching
1: this. Eddie in Beverly Hills Cop 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, why? Why did yeah. you do this? Yeah. Why? Then yeah. you tried to go back and be Axel Foley, and you can't really be Axel like that. <laughs> <Yeah. no> more. <laughs> <laughs> ain't All really right. you no more. Exactly, hey, man. And I have a question, baby. Did we do an intro?
2: No, nah, I'm about to do it right now. Okay. Uh, so anyway, you've been. A <laughs> I mean, you know, we got to do the interview first. Okay. I'm, but I, we were really almost done. That was the last question. Uh, before we do these articles. Uh, this is The Blackout Tips. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. Just search uh, The Blackout Tips. Leave us five-star reviews. If we like them, we'll read them on the air because uh, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Go to the uh, Vote in the polls. Leave comments. All that great stuff. Uh, we love to hear from our listeners. We do. And we do feedback every Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, depending on how we feel. Um, and uh, we let you guys know what we think about what you thought about what we thought in original uh, form. So... Uh, and also make sure you check out my man at stereo Williams on Twitter. Cause, uh, you can get some good music opinion there. And, uh, like I said, he writes and you he links you to his articles and stuff. And you can find out what, you know, what he thinks about current events and all that stuff, man. I, I he's a really worthwhile follow. Um, now let's talk about these articles. Okay. First of all,
0: bullet ball, bullet ball is stream.
2: Oh yeah. You're right. Karen, <laughs> the official weapon of the show is the taser. And the unofficial sport is bullet ball. A bullet ball extreme. All right now, um, we got a bunch of news. All right, let's start with the important news. Keeping it a little bit music related. There's a 21 year old
1: dude that says Jay Z is his daddy. <laughs> I saw a picture. I didn't see, read the article, but I saw the picture.
2: Yeah, now I got this off a of Baller Alert because I prefer the comments here than the the real news uh, people. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a picture of them side by side. Like, I, I kind of see it in the nose, but nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like it's a stretch, but, um, yeah, 21 year old man by the name of Ramir Satterwhite, uh, says Jay-Z is his father and he, his, he's fighting to prove it since 2010. Uh, Satterwhite's mother, Wanda, claimed that she had a high school fling with Jay-Z who would have been 24 years old. That fling resulted in Ramirez's birth. She especially sure that Jay-Z is the father since a second possible man she also had a fling with took a paternity test that turned up negative. Wanda filed court documents, requested Jay-Z take a paternity test in 2010, but the case remains unresolved. Presently, Blue Ivy's wannabe big brother has mountain dental college and legal bills. He desperately needs help covering
1: big
2: shot. <laughs> yeah. Man. Like, I feel like if my mom told me Jay-Z was my dad, I probably would run up a line of credit myself. You know, <laughs> right, right? I'm going to need a Porsche. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the, the test come back positive. Uh Just tell him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. She just told him. I Yo, guess. Let me tell you something. If Jay-Z had a chance of being my father and my mom waiting until I was in my twenties to tell me. Right. I'm mad as shit at my mother.
2: That's true. That's true. Like tell
1: my <laughs> at at 13. And I can start emailing this motherfucker.
2: Right. She knows, like, because you know she comes in the house, you listening to his music.
1: You know? <laughs> right.
2: How does she never slip? She's like, boy, turn your daddy music. Uh, turn. <laughs> right. Right. Turn to Jay-Z. Why am cry whenever I put on the blueprint? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he even started a crowdfunding page to help pay for the cost.
1: <laughs> wow. Come
2: on, man. You can't, can't be putting it. <laughs> the... Come on,
1: dog. Good luck, bro.
2: Right. You can't <laughs> be doing that, man jazzo she thought it was just jazzo <laughs> this reminds this, uh, some editorializing this reminds me so much of the woman who told her son michael jackson was his father we all see how that turned out okay right uh check out more pictures uh i'll put some more pictures of him in the chat because uh they have a lot of uh this is see ball alert man they do the work they went and found all his social media pictures <laughs> And put him next to Jay-Z's
1: pictures. This dude does not look like jay
2: He don't look like jay at all. He,
1: like jay, yeah.
2: he just got a Jay-Z nose and he yeah, ran yeah. He look with looks More
1: him. like BG. Like He don't look like Jay-Z at all.
0: Right. Oh, <laughs> Come <so>.
1: on.
0: <laughs> Especially with that one. He definitely looks nothing yeah. like him in that one. Yeah. <laughs> he was like a serial killer in that last
2: one. Right, right. It's like, but don't it look like he tried to Photoshop his lips bigger in the last <laughs> one? Because his lips oh. wasn't that big in the first yeah. two. Right, right. Oh man! All right, so um, picture him
1: in his crib throwing up the rock. <laughs> I told you Jay Z was his daddy. Right. It's the rock.
2: He <laughs> got a picture like Photoshop next to Beyonce. Right? right. <laughs> got a got a wig like Blue Ivy in one picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I could be some kin to him, man. Um. So uh, let's go to the comments because that's my favorite part of Baller Alert. Beautiful Brownie says they do look quite similar with that being said why wait until he's grown or with mounting bills to establish paternity you can't tell me the man that was previously assuming the role father role waited all these years to establish paternity brazil says i can almost kinda sorta see it but i doubt it <laughs> sean, sean says one of his homies said jigger knows having ass nigga <laughs> 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 and a light bulb went on oh. that's all Right. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be it. Uh that's like people probably been picking on him his whole life. Oh, Jay-Z looking ass nigga, and then he All just right. ran with it. Um uh, V says, L I doubt I doubt it too, and if it's true, ranting about it in public won't help his case any. Sugar Bear says, You are the father. The nose don't lie. <laughs> I'm mad that his mom didn't take care of this, didn't take care of this sooner. She missed out on a whole lot of money, silly broad. And the boy missed out on having a relationship with his dad, if Jigga really is the dad. And Tone said, dude is not his son, j P, just trying to get money. All right. So I guess uh, we know where everybody stands on that. Uh yeah
1: man, um, Dame, I have to say somebody interview Dame about this.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Jay gonna be like it's him for
1: sure. That's that's Jay's kid. We used yeah. to laugh about that shit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he gonna
1: call him up. And yeah, because
0: was like yeah they always made jokes and he actually did songs about it and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Dame actually called that kid up and laughed in his face. Yeah,
2: really? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a jerk, man. Um, all right. Uh, so the Oscars, man. I guess we'll go ahead and talk about this uh stuff. Uh, Patricia Arquette kind of got in a little bit of trouble um, she gave an a acceptance speech and let me see I think I can play this uh, but she gave an acceptance speech that was kind of like talking about women needing to make equal pay To right? every woman Here we go. who gave
0: birth to every taxpayer and citizen of this nation we have fought for everybody else's equal rights it's our time To have wage equality once and for all. And equal rights for women in the United States of America.
2: Now, I love this because I wasn't watching the show live. Oh, wait. Be quiet. What are you doing? I don't care what Neil Patrick Harris had to say. Mute this. Where's my... There we What's, go. Oh yeah, yeah, they they just they just actually playing like yeah. They clip. just started playing clips. All right, so um, what what I did like about this was watching it on Twitter and I unfolded the first like thirty seconds to five minutes after the speech was all like, yes, mm!
1: <laughs> right.
2: Tell we need this equality in the pay. <laughs> And then people, I guess, absorbed it and really had got into to the nuance of what she said. And they were like, wait a minute. Fuck you mean, um, <laughs> uh, everybody rights uh, because, I mean, because, uh, gay people and black people need to start fighting for, for women's rights. Gay people don't got women in them. Black people don't got women in the group. Uh, are those people not counting as women? Like, what's going on with your speech? Um, and, uh, people went went in on her. Now, I personally, hearing that speech, well, I'll just ask y'all first. Karen, what'd you think about
0: the speech, hearing it for the first time? Hearing it just like that, I don't, put like this, what she said and how it was perceived, I think was two separate things. Mm-hmm. I I don't think she meant it as, uh, you know, fuck the fuck, fuck them other groups. hmm But that's how it sounds to these other groups, because we've we've been constantly left out of the white feminism movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't even created for people, for women of color or transgender, Mm -hmm. like people that realize if you go back in your history, White women weren't fighting for slaves' rights. They were fighting for their rights not to be treated as property by their husbands. Mm-hmm. And by default, we benefited from that after years of fighting for our own rights to be represented and to be not treated as less than. Right, And it's – uh, I can see why people get mad because it's somewhat insulting <laughs> to tell a group of people that you need to fight for our rights when – when a lot of times this particular group, not everybody in the group, but a lot of them consistently tell people whenever they bring up issues about race, whenever they bring up issues about LGBT, whenever they bring up issues that's not about white women problems, all of a sudden, I don't see color. Color don't matter. Right. It don't matter. But then If it doesn't matter, why should it matter now?
2: Okay. Uh,
1: what do you think about it, Stereo? I think I think the issue wasn't with the speech. Um that she gave on stage, I think the issue was with what she said when she got to the press room. Mm-hmm. When she got to the press room, she said, um, <clears throat> it's time for all the women in America and all the men who love women and all the gay people and all the people of color that we fought for to fight for us now. Mm-hmm. And I think when you say that, that's when it does sound like you're saying, okay, it's time for y'all to stand up for us like we've mm-hmm. stood up for y'all. And it's kind of like what the hell you mean you stood up for us? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of, it's it's sort of, it's divisive and it's kind of undermining how many of those issues overlap. And it's ignoring the fact that, like you said, like you touched on, white feminists never really centered the struggle of women of color. You know, it was always kind of them fighting for them. Right. So, I think um, she went. She got on Twitter. I think earlier today and tried to clarify it a bit.
2: Yeah, I thought it felt to me like she doubled down. To be honest, but yeah, she tried to clarify a bit. Um, and I, I do have those tweets somewhere.
1: But I, it was it didn't more. Sound like, it didn't sound like she was. It, it did sound like doubling down. It did kind of sound like, um, you know how somebody says, "Well, you didn't get it," but they don't really. Yeah. They like, don't really modify what they said. Yeah,
2: like know? Anthony Mackie did a couple of weeks ago. Right. <laughs>
1: right. They misquoted me. And then he repeated the exact same thing. Right. So it's like, um, I, I, I tweeted about it briefly last night that we can't, we can't keep giving white people in the public eye A's for effort. Yeah. In, term, in that, in that kind of thing, because so much is happening in the country right now. It matters. It matters that you got this wrong. And if I'm going to let Kendrick know, that it matters that he got something wrong in my eyes, right. then I'm going to let Patricia Arquette know that it matters that she got something wrong because there's too much riding on this right now. Yeah. Um, for you to act like these, a the, the wage inequality is an important issue. We definitely should be fighting for that, but it's not like we can't fight for that and fight against what, what people of color are facing every day. And as she kind of touched on on Twitter, women of color are the most affected So instead of kind of acting like these are separate issues, put that at the forefront of the issue. Make sure that that's a part of what you address from the Oscar stage and in the Oscar press room and not just after people have called you out on your bullshit and you get on Twitter to defend yourself. Well, you know what? I would
2: be okay with her leaving black people and gay people out of it. I would be okay with it because... The assumption if she left them completely out of the statement would be, well, she's just standing for solidarity for all women as equals. Correct. But once you start throwing this false ultimatum of, well, now it's time for you to do some of the lift, it's like, bitch, are you serious? Right. Like, what, like, like when I saw the quote, I was just like, wow, she just, uh, she did that. Well, she must have messed up. I, I think I see where she was going with it. Uh, maybe she framed it wrong blah 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 and then I saw the tweets and I was like oh nope no excuses <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really think what the worst part is the people that try to defend her more than the um more than anything else like the people that aren't just saying um just taking the L and being like yeah it's okay to critique somebody even if you're on the same side quote unquote but people are like well we're allies so you can't critique us and you can't critique this woman um uh, because she uh does care about certain causes that benefit everybody and you're like well how well then that's not really an ally that's not really a friend if we can't have a conversation and be like well this is what i really would like to hear right you say if you just shut me down then don't then you're not my ally at all you are not my friend you're not anything to me
0: right Right. and and to me that causes a lot of division among feminists because they feel like when they bring their issues and they bring their problems and they bring their, um, things to the table, you always dismiss it if it's not on the same point of, hey, let's talk about equal pay. Okay, that's great, but let's talk about something that's a little bit bigger to me right now than just fucking equal pay. But,
2: but honestly, even if she... Even if she would have said, let's talk about equal pay, she would have been okay. Yeah. It was once she said, cause black people and gay people ain't talking about it. Like, what are you talking about? We talk, right. talk like, that about, like yeah, that just shows you're blind to listening to other people and, and, and other people that have leadership in your sphere. Um, like she went on Twitter and this is what she said. Wage equality will help all women of all races in America. It will also help their children and society. Women have been basically paying a gender tax for generations I have been an advocate for the rights of the LGBT community. The question is why aren't you an advocate for equality for all women? Right. It's just false framing. Like, yeah, right. No one is for the one and against the other. Like, right. nope. I just support the gay women. Fuck right. these regular women. Like, stop right. doing that shit. And I really hate that. She didn't it's like divisive, right. right. And she, and the thing is the people depend defending her will call, the people calling her out divisive rather than to say, no, what she said is insulting and inflammatory and it will cause divisiveness. Instead. It's going to be like, well, why y'all got to bring it up, man? That, right. that, that award was hours ago. Right. Y'all
0: still on this. Right. That's that black on black crime bullshit that makes people mad. Cause it's like, you're trying to change the subject. Right. And right. she
2: tried to frame this shit. Like she was educating people. Guess which women, are the most negatively affected in wage inequality. Women of color. Hashtag equal pay for all women. Women stand together in this.
0: Like,
1: we yeah, know. but you didn't do it. But, but your first <laughs> comments were basically, we fought for y'all black asses. How come you ain't fighting for us? <laughs> That's Bye. exactly Bye. what you're <laughs>
0: saying.
2: <laughs> like, what kind of Missy Ann shit is that? And the title right. of this, the title of the fucking article that I, that I was reading is, don't tear down patricia arquette for a well-intentioned speech
1: yeah i saw that i didn't even read it but i saw that yeah I saw that. first of all what happened to you time you used to be somebody
2: <laughs> you know right. what I mean? yeah, no more you used to have a brand to stand behind now y'all just like gawker as far as you know just an internet publication that just you know put puts out whatever gets the most clicks but right. but yeah it's you know it's like well don't 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 criticize her it's like why not? She had good intentions and she fucked up. Yeah, and it don't make her a bad person. It, right. That's and that Karen, that is the key to all this shit. A lot of people think criticizing somebody means that you're done with them. Right. And that you think like I saw uh and I know JL was joking, but JL Coven on Twitter was like, Oh, I guess uh, according to Twitter, uh, um Sean Penn and Patricia Arquette are the new ISIS. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, see, that's the thing. In 48 hours, nobody will care.
0: Right. They better move on to something yeah, else. People
2: are just, you know, people are upset. They're allowed to be upset. They're allowed to call people out for this. And at the end of the day, trust me, this isn't going to be like Black Lives Matter and people are going to be picking in out front of her house <laughs> with months from now. Like people will She'll move on. She's
1: yeah. just going to always get the... Kind Four of times the Arquette's, all of them. Rosanna, Dave, all the motherfuckers. <laughs> right. No more
2: Arquette's. Right. They just standing outside. Hashtag not all Arquette's. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> not all Arquettes. So, <laughs> I'm actually
2: okay. Can I get a job again? Nope. <laughs> we gave you a chance. Um, you blew it.
1: But no yeah. No more working Hollywood ever again because of this shit.
2: And then Sean Penn got in trouble because um, there was a, a, a Latino director who won an award. And he made a joke about him getting a green card. Yeah. Oh, ouch. Like who gave this son of a bitch a green yeah. card? And <laughs> yeah. then it was supposed to be funny because they're friends and they joke like that on the biggest stage of his career. Now, right. Right. joke like
1: that in the car on the way to the after party or some shit.
2: Yeah. And the dude wasn't even upset. Like I saw a quote from him later. He's like, that's my dog. You know, it's cool. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. But let's be honest. All right. Cause I, people are going, Well, if he's cool with it, then why should everybody else should be okay? No, and here's why not. Because the Oscars prompt themselves up as a representation, as this groundbreaking. Right. Like, you you don't get to put your award on the pedestal. And then when we go, yeah, well, you didn't treat it very prestigious at that moment. Whoa, 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 whoa. Those are just two friends talking. No, fuck you. Because when, <laughs> no. when, when Holly and Denzel won, y'all was like, this is for all the Negroes. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, you can't pull that shit back. Like, you gotta, exactly. you roll with it or you don't. You can't jump in and out of this game. So, um, yeah, it, it was offensive. I see why people got offended. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a fuck if the dude's not mad or not. If I had a, you know, if I'm a Latino kid, if I'm a kid of color, and I'm like, yeah, maybe I could be a director. And then I see, yeah, cause at the biggest stage, they can make a joke about how I'm brown. Right. right.
1: Basically. <laughs> right. And like you said, the thing that annoys me about the Oscars is when you have these moments like, like last year when 12 Years a Slave won and when Lupita got her Oscar, you could tell everybody was breaking their arms to pat themselves on the back. Look at how far we've come. Look at how diverse right. we got. That year when Halle and Denzel won, the year when, um, uh, I think when Jamie Foxx won for Raid, it was like Jamie Foxx was nominated and Will Smith was nominated and Don Cheadle. Like you had a couple of years where there was these years where it was so diverse and everybody, every article written about the show was how diverse it is. And it's like everybody's so proud of themselves in that moment. And then the next year, there's no little to no representation of non-white people and we're not supposed to make a big deal about it. And then not only is there little to no representation, but you get on stage and you make a racist joke Right. And everybody's supposed to treat it like it's not a big deal. A, you don't have the the real estate. You don't. You don't have the country. and You don't have the track record right. to make that joke and me not call you out on it. You damn sure can't make that joke in a year when there's little to no representation mm-hmm. uh, amongst the nominees and think that some shit like that is cool. So I think that yeah, I agree with what you said in terms of people thinking that they can sort of have it both ways and like when you do good, quote unquote. Then you shoving it down my throats, making sure everybody sees it. But when you screw up, it's like, calm down. It's not that big a deal. That's disingenuous. Right. And that was part of the reason why I didn't watch last night because it just sort of felt like, And then, like I heard they, um, they made sure to keep all the black celebrities on camera. Mm-hmm. Like, like they kept showing black celebrities throughout the show. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, we can't keep, we can't keep allowing for that to be okay. Right.
2: And Republicans on Twitter and shit, conservatives that people typically don't fuck with, um, they were calling out the Oscars on that shit. Because mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, you're hypocritical. You're showing none them with black people on the screen. By the way, it was on RawStory.com, and they the headline was something like, conservatives upset that too many black people were showing on screen. But if you read the tweets, they actually weren't. They were saying, I'm upset that you guys are being hypocrites. You won't right. nominate these people, but you'll put them on the screen as right. cover for the fact that you didn't nominate these people. And they were absolutely right about that shit. I don't give a right. fuck if they conservatives or not, broke clock is right sometimes. That shit was right all yeah. the
1: time. Because so, that um, shit was 100% false. Like, it was yeah. just like, um, there's a... And, c- like, the difference between the Oscars and the Grammys, for me, is like, I, I checked out of the Grammys a long time ago.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> like, I, I gave up on the Grammys a long time ago. Like, in the 90s, when they were giving album of the year to shit like Tony Bennett, no disrespect to Tony Bennett, and, um... Natalie Cole and Eric Clapton. And it's like, this is the era of like Nirvana and Tupac and, you know, but all of these, for lack of a better word, old ass artists are getting album of the year just because they're being voted on by old ass people. And I kind of recognize that this ain't, this ain't an award show for me. So I checked out of that mentally a long time ago. Whereas with the Oscars, the Oscars tend to be culturally and socially um held up to a certain standard. Like you kind of believe that this is really a a little bit more credible showcase of what is going on in Hollywood. Right. So when you have that kind of prestige and that kind of reputation and such a whack history it ain't that hard to and I I'm I'm not advocating for tokenism. Right. I'm just saying that when there are there, there should be a concerted effort to make sure that it the representation is valid and real.
2: Right. I think the the thing about the Oscars and the Grammys and shit is the problem isn't always going to exist as long as people see diversity as a thing where, well, there's black people in the audience or even there's black people nominated, uh, even there's black people winning awards. All right. three of those things aren't really good enough. Like right. the only thing that truly will fix this problem is when black people make the decisions right on it and i don't necessarily mean like oh all the give all the black people all the jobs but like mm-hmm. a percentage gotta be black like you need some black right. opinion in there you can't just say you can work the jobs you can be actors you we can, can be directors you, you can uh you can yeah you can get nominated you can do a bunch of shit but what you can't do is vote like that's just as fucking silly to me so yeah right. we need black people to be able to vote because
0: if if not you're gonna always end up with this kind of stupidity man yeah and yeah. and it's amazing when y'all say he made the joke about the green card immigration yeah with all uh, and that's very ignorant because with all the people uh getting their families divided up and right. shit like that and grandma and pawpaw and shit getting shipped back to too much uh is happening. right and too, right, too much they, is happening they're passing laws in Arizona for checking ID. Like it's too much shit for you to make this statement. And this think it's going to go well, no matter what y'all personal friendship is. And I understand
2: that a lot of people feel like, well, I put in the time. So, Hey, I, uh, I went down to Katrina and I went down to Haiti. I was in Haiti. Right. So, (laughs) Hey, I beat, I beat Madonna. Don't y'all hate Madonna. Everybody everybody hates her now. So (laughs) like he, like he felt like he did all this shit. Jessica White yeah I, I mean come on guys come on can i get a half a credit can a brother get some credit up in here but but to me it's like I um, mexican joke after all this like, right like, yeah nope. it's like i'm like if if that's why you did it then no. and i uh, also it's kind of like uh if i have a group of friends right and let's say me and stereo we the only black people they hang out with and everybody else is white or whatever not black and i walk over and i see them talking with him before i get to the table and they're like what's up nigga nah my motherfucking nigga and and I come over there and I'm like, yeah, don't say that shit. And they're like, what stereo said? No. <laughs> like that's, that's how it feels right. to me where it's like, yeah, you, I get that this guy's okay with it. No, it's not right. okay. I right. don't give a fuck. Not all of us agree on that shit. And yeah, like, like I said, he made the moment so much more about him. And I don't give a fuck if, uh, people think that uh, that he's a good guy or whatever. I don't even. It, it has nothing to do with the bearing of that one moment. Right. Um, he. It doesn't. Because I'm not even saying he's evil. I'm just saying I don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah. You know. What I mean, like, okay, is <laughs> justified. Like that's the thing that really the theme of everything that we talked about tonight is people have to learn that just because you like Mystic River or some shit doesn't mean that this motherfucker doesn't deserve to be called out on some bullshit. Right. And me calling him out on some bullshit isn't the same thing as me leading him to the town square and putting a blindfold on him and saying, shoot. It's right. like, I'm just saying this was bullshit, that, and he needs to address it. Um, somebody said, I think it was after Patricia Arquette's thing, and I saw somebody tweet something like, you know, they're going to make World War Three out of this. It's like, nobody's making World War Three right. out of any of this shit. It's just criticism.
2: Right. World
1: War three would be people
2: boycotting the sponsors and uh, like people, people won't even not see your next movie. That's how that's how little this matters. But they but they should be heard. And more importantly, they should be listened to. Right. And I don't understand why why we like, uh, you know, a lot of people feel like they need to push back against people just going, hey, maybe you fucked up. That's it. And by the way, there's always a doubt to this which is i don't give a fuck you can also <laughs> say that sean penn could come out tonight and be like yes yeah, suck my dick i made that joke and i don't care and you got to decide if you hate me or not right the end and that and you know what it pretty much will be the end everybody's just gonna be like well fuck him or don't anyway you're gonna go see the gunman or you're not that's it right, right? <laughs> so i don't even understand why people turn it into this high stakes like life or death shit it ain't even that important it's you know sometimes everybody don't have to like your
1: ass we are addicted to martyrdom like I I wrote something years ago about manufactured martyrdom like um, I wrote it about Kanye actually (laughs) but um, we live in an era where because of criticism and because of social media and I know if you're if you're plugged in there's a tidal wave of people criticizing at all times so Mm -hmm. it may seem like the whole world is turning against somebody but But, You have to be mindful of the fact that, like you said, within 48 hours, we'll be on to something else. Right. Sometimes, a famous person just needs to take their lumps and decide if they're gonna grow and learn, if they're gonna give a disingenuous apology to shut people up, or if they're gonna tell everybody to just fuck off and this is who I am, deal with it. Right. But, I'm tired of everybody nailing motherfuckers to crosses. Like, I'm really Mm -hmm. over it. Like, it's like, they'll be okay. This shit won't hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. When, um, It really turned me off after, I think after the Kanye Taylor Swift thing, even to this day, Mm -hmm. the way people talk about it, they make it sound like Kanye was like tied to a a post and whipped with chains. And it's basically, he was criticized for about six months. Right. Then he went underground and then he dropped My Beautiful Dark Black. Twisted, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. and got all this critical acclaim, sold a bunch of records, and was back to being Kanye. It didn't really ruin his life in any measurable way. Right. I just even, took some I, criticism. I'd even That's go it. so
2: far as to say it he didn't even get criticized for that long because he remember he went and cried on TV. Right, right. right. He right. cried on Taylor. Yeah, after he cried, people was like, Well, he must be sorry, his mama died. And <laughs> right. That was like, you know, yeah, for the man. most part, people that always already- yeah, most people already hated him or didn't hate him anyway. So, right. shit didn't really matter that much. But, yeah, um, you know, shout out to uh, Patricia Arquette and Sean Penn. They'll catch it for 24 hours, and they'll be back to normal. Yeah, obviously, neither neither one seems that uh, focused on learning anything. So, right, it is what it is. Um, all right, let's actually get into our segments, because we, we've been talking and having a good time. Um, we'll start with... Uh, you want to start with baller alert, Karen, or you want to start with fucking with black people, mm-hmm. or do you count all this as fucking with black people? <laughs>
0: I'm fucked with. It's up to you now.
2: All right, then we'll start with baller alert, then. It's cool. We we do fucking with black people tomorrow because uh, I do feel kind of fucked with. I'm a little upset right now. Right. Uh, so we'll get into uh baller alert. <laughs> Chit. Chit. Gotta hit a 12 bar. Gucci make yeah, my glide call. We don't call them guys no more oh, we, we call, call them five star. Nigga. That's a five-star kit. That's a six for the That's that new L6. Yeah. Even pay a rent. Yeah. And the yeah. way she give it to me, best money I ever spent. I, I can't even lie. I, I'm so sure I, I do not need her when I keep her telling she is five. Gucci uh. a if she love you not, she love you not yeah, all my bitches love me yeah, yeah. you love and yeah, yeah, we can find a look, a five-star yeah, you can meet Just a five-star bitch Just a five-star bitch or Just a five-star bitch yeah, Just a five-star bitch. Yeah, five bitch If not fly If you choose box with And you hear something fine All right, here are the choices I'll let Stereo pick Groupie Tales the Groupy Tales when people sleep with dudes and they tell all their business. All right. Groupy Tales, young thug is gonna get me out of the strip club. Oh Lord. <laughs> what? Ooh. All right. Uh, um uh Groovy Tales, me plan B in August Alcina in LA. Um, thanks, number three, thanks, but I'm not your charity case. Why sometimes we don't need your help. Oh, that's a deep one that's about dark skinned women and um number four uh let's go with groovy tales mario took me back to the hotel and dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly mario of, yeah mario you know remember mario yeah <laughs> hotel was that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> I must be Ain't like no telling Like Quinta. Like La Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh and lastly, How to Become a Rapper in Twenty Fifteen by At Nick So Fly. Wh- which one do you pick, man? We'll do that one. Um Let's do the Mario story. All right, let's talk about Mario. Um <laughs> it's always funny what Group Tell starts with. Y'all remember um... <laughs> such a such a <laughs> Yeah. So it starts. You guys remember Mario? I can't lie. I love his music. His Go album is probably, uh, let me get back to the top. Probably the greatest piece of work ever. And it was entirely underrated. Now, uh, do you remember his Go album? I mean, you're a music critic. <laughs> 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 you, you, you feel like it's the greatest piece of work ever.
1: No. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think my opinion is as lofty as, oh, <laughs> as hers
2: wouldn't put it up there with, uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. you know, with Songs of the Key of Life It is not. Yeah okay uh who thought we'd get a groupie tale about him check out what one of our readers sent in about the soul singer below disclaimer groupie tales are submitted by our readers we cannot confirm with 100 percent accuracy of any story posted <clears throat> a few weeks ago i had the pleasure of meeting mario if you did forget who mario was he had hits like let me love you and music for love i feel like at this time i need to play let me love you for the audience Cause right. I probably can't even that was a great song that was a great song I love that fucking song but I that feel was like that
1: the best song Usher never recorded mm mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I remember this song
0: mm-hmm.
2: don't get it. That you, you enjoy, enjoy being him. hurt. I know you smell night. the perfume the and the makeup, makeup on this shirt. You don't believe his stories.
0: You know, you know that, that I, I all lies.
2: bad as you are, you stick around, and I you just, just don't know why. I was your man, Baby, you never worry about what I do. I be coming home back to you what every night, do doing you right. right. good things Say
1: that again (laughs) Didn't he beat up his mama or something? I
2: think he did, yo I think he did
1: That's funny Yeah. Don't don't beat up your mamas
2: Don't beat up your mamas Don't go Dez Ryan on
0: your mamas Don't Don't go Christian Bale on your mamas Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't beat up your mama cheering listening to the show
2: yeah wasn't
0: wasn't his last
2: name wine
0: or something like that or uh, what was <laughs> that's one? the other one
1: that's the other one. Yeah,
0: yeah it was mario so, something some...
1: he's the other mario he's the non Mario. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and somebody brought up a good point that does sound like a song that neo would sing
1: oh yeah it does yeah. i wonder if he wrote it he might have written it he may have
0: really written it hey on the low if you look at the lyrics it sound like um
2: some shit joe would have wrote
1: you know, oh, um, it
2: does sound like a Joe song. Yeah, Joe stay, man. You got to stay on top, man. When you mess with with Joe, cause Joe fuck around, I take your woman, cause y'all had one argument over damn a biscuit or something.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Like Next thing you know, he, he 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 fucking on the bed rug in front of in front of the fireplace, and you don't know what happened. Right, All, right.
2: Every single one of this nigga's songs is the same. It's just like your man ain't shit, and I'm here for you. It's like
0: damn.
1: Neo wrote that bitch. I thought yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Cause
0: it, it sounded like his lyrics. I was like,
1: oh, yeah. it sounded like a Neo track. Neo yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You fuck around with them Joe songs. You know, it'd be like, he left his dirty drawers on the floor. I'm here for you, girl. What? Right. what, what how, how did we get here? What's, and he what's be, happening? he be lying about all the shit he got. Take I hate
2: out, Joe.
1: a night cruise on a yacht. You can't even see the water. <laughs> this
2: is- Ah. Purpose of that, man? Dirty Mac. I don't think like
1: that. He's cocky because his name is Joe. You gotta, you gotta be a cocky motherfucker right. to be a celebrity and just go by Joe.
2: Especially all the Joes in R&B.
1: First. Right, right. I'm just Joe. <laughs> yeah. Whatever.
2: I think that nigga made Joe Public You're change. Doug. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's the last name, Doug? I want to look you up. Nah, it's just Doug, bro. That's
1: Doug. <laughs> yeah.
2: By the way, I, I noticed you uh, ain't holding your woman's hand. <laughs> uh, is she with you <laughs> damn what a dirty man anyway so um she said uh-huh. and she goes on to say uh he did a concert in my hometown he still has a beautiful voice by the way and i met him at the after party my friend and i got back got brought back to vip we just see now this is one thing i wish they would elaborate in groupy tales the, every story ends up with them coming back to vip they never say how they got there <laughs> oh. like what's the secret to getting in VIP? Because
0: oh, it I'm varies. Sure... Some some is hook or crook, you know. Yeah. Some actually, you know, got invited. You know, it it varies per the, the level, you know, the level of ratchetness of the female.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it's just when the dudes have VIP and they just let all the women in, like,
0: oh, just come on in. That happened. And sometimes they go out and spot them and like, you, 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 because they you make know? it sound
2: like they're special. Like it was just me and my friend and VIP
0: mm-hmm. with Mario. It's like,
2: mm-hmm. was it time. you
0: and your friend and thirty chicks or what? Right and some of them sneaking there, right. like yeah,
2: so yeah. So she says we just took pictures and chatted. He took pictures with all of his fans, never left anyone out. He's such a stand up guy and so sweet. Oh, yeah, you can tell she was like, I'm gonna give him some pussy. Oh, <laughs> <Right. laughs> mine already made up. Look at you.
1: Did you really beat up your mama, mama? <laughs> yeah,
2: you ain't <laughs> hit her too hard, did you? That's okay. <laughs> I That's... can make an allowance for it. You know, you like my Sean, <laughs> you my Sean Penn. Right, that's that's okay. You can beat my pussy up. Right <laughs> after the after party is what the hotel, of course. So me and my friend—that's ah, what she wrote. She knew what's up. So me and my friend leave with them and go to their their rooms. Well, I went to Mario's room. Oh, I feel so bad for her friend. Right, I hope her friend knew yeah. what was happening because she, had she fuck, got left. She had to fuck like a bouncer or something, or a security. <laughs> right. <Yeah. 'Cause, laughs> the dj yeah because she said go to their rooms so i'm assuming she fucked like the drummer or something. <laughs> the guitarist yeah Back uh, background back singer right like, we gonna get another group of tail. i fucked mario's drummer
1: right
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. i always feel like you fucked the bass player you yeah. was just you was just ready to fuck yeah yeah
2: <laughs> right <laughs> Left,
1: uh, the bass player oh, all right i yeah. feel like
2: every bass player doesn't have much to say like i don't <laughs> know why
1: Right, that's probably. It's just waiting. He waiting for you to walk past the singer. He waiting for you to walk past the guitar player. (laughs) Walk past the drummer, and eventually, yeah, yeah.
2: I could imagine the stories they got. Yeah, how much pussy has a bass player gotten that started with the conversation? So, what do you do in the band? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Play the bass, babies. Uh, We just sat there and talked about music. Sung a few songs. (laughs) Some songs talked about the industry told me how he felt about not getting to meet aaliyah told me what is inspired... a deep
1: conversation wait, wait, he told he he told her about not getting to meet aaliyah yeah what
2: yeah. the hell kind of conversation is that this almost bad as the girl fuck chris brown she right. she talked to him about rihanna i'm like what are you doing <laughs> i thought you was trying to okay what,
0: what did they get high uh she didn't say they got high
2: they sang songs Talk. yeah
0: okay we got to the hotel and we fucking we singing songs and shit like that there's yes. something else going on oh maybe they did she left it out right he told me what inspired braid my hair and he, and oh braid right. what the, i'm assuming that's a song that i'm did? assuming so i don't think i heard braid my hair not unless i heard it you know me you know i'm old i, be hearing no, I shit. haven't
2: i haven't heard it either here here it is it's braid my hair karen
1: it's gotta be old Mario that's, that's cornrow yeah, era Mario yeah
2: I'm looking at the picture of him and the cover art and he got cornrows yeah that's
1: like that's oh, way this back Mario 2002
2: yo, so she's she, a fan, she's like a real fan that's like asking Bow Wow about them, them little Bow Wow records like I really do hope she got some dick cause now I'm like you really do, you a real a fan. fan like you're not just trying to trap him with a baby or get some money like you really want to make sweet love to Mario,
1: man. <laughs> right. When She's talking about cornrow a... Mario records and singing songs with this brother.
2: Yeah.
0: Me, I know you see a 15 year old getting his dough oh, Lord. He was 15 15? years old when he did this? <laughs> 2002, dog. She
2: didn't want to fuck this nigga since he was 15. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Damn. Right. Yo, see, now I feel like this is the culmination of her dream. And I'm rooting for her dream to get accomplished.
1: I hope I hope it went down. Yeah. I hope it down.
0: Like sometimes I root against them because they do so much dumb shit, but now I'm like, you know what, man? I hope y'all make it work. And you're probably <laughs> the only person other than him that remember the lyrics of that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, why they were singing songs. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, nobody sings the lyrics for
2: me. Uh, but she says, uh, and he didn't try one thing. And I'm not ugly by any means, lol. But the real reason I'm writing you this is because I've met a lot of celebrities. A lot. But Mario is just different. He's so passionate about what he does. He loves music. You can tell in his voice. He loves his fans. You can tell by the way he does his concerts. He's so down to earth and just a great person. I feel like he deserves some positive media because he's such a positive person. Oh, so she didn't
0: even get fucked. She just wanted to hang out.
2: Oh,
1: wow. Damn. That's real love. She really loved that motherfucker. She I think, think she really does.
0: Do. You know, if he'd have gave her some blue magic in a comb, he'd have got his hair braided. <laughs> <laughs> he would have to. <laughs> With no problem. Uh, She says, well, who knew it would end like
2: that? I didn't see that coming on a side note. Google Mario and see what he looks like as of recently. He definitely grew into something sexy. Uh, here's a picture of him I'll put in the chat. Um, he
0: ain't 15 no more.
2: Yeah, he got rid of them cornrows. I think he must have had them to the.
1: city. he gotta be pushing 30.
2: Yeah, yeah, he got at least. 2002 is 15, so yeah, he gotta be getting up there. Um, <clears throat> the comments, my favorite part of all these posts. <laughs> double D, D double D says, So, no sex story? I really feel left hanging. Less LBS. Uh, That's it, says Black Barbie. <laughs> they upset. B thing says, Yawn love smooches says that nigga gay <laughs> <laughs> oh lord Oh, shit. <laughs> oh lord, <laughs> man it's just so fucked up because anytime the girl fucks the dude they always go in on her in the comments of course.
1: she is Is that's the way it goes bro damn like if they, if they fuck did she use a hole and a groupie and a store right. and if they don't then it's just a boring ass story.
2: <laughs> yeah you can't do nothing right <laughs> oh. like yeah we didn't fuck we just had a good time damn he he gay then and you you ugly um so he says that nigga gay lol no surprises here just me says i got nothing Den- denise love says wait a minute now i can respect the man that doesn't take the bait maybe he doesn't want to stick his peace pipe in every woman or maybe he wasn't attracted to the girl she thinks she's not bad looking but what did he think are there gay rumors on him Bonita says, change to fan tail, not groupy (laughs) tail. I heard him say something to the fact that he is now celibate. She, Shelly says, Oh, I can appreciate this story or lack of story. Go Mario. I'm going to go download an album or
1: a couple of singles. That's a goddamn lie. Yeah, you ain't about to. You ain't going to download no Mario. If you weren't planning on downloading Mario before you heard this fucking story, you ain't download no Mario after you heard this story. Right, no. She oh, he he held hands and sang songs. Let me go listen to this trifling ass nigga's music.
2: She might go pull out her mixtape <laughs> from college and listen to Let Me Love You one time. Like that one good. That's time. the that's the most Mario's getting out of this. He's not making no sales. Uh Empowered uh, Woman, uh, aka Spicy says, L-O L at the comments. Landa says, I just wasted some time. I'll never get back.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, they mad. They
2: wanted some fucking so bad. Um, and then last comment Monica says I just knew he was gonna eat the box or something. <laughs> Damn the oh. box! Damn, <laughs>
0: eat the whole box? Yes,
2: he's like he didn't even eat the pussy. I'm just gonna leave a comment and say I think this is very sweet. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna that's, that's such comment. a wholesome,
1: yeah, wholesome story.
2: Seems like a good guy, man. Now you don't have to call him gay. Um, but yeah, that's 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 vol alert. Up to Mario? Yeah, shout out to Mario. That's Gval alert for um for this time. Let me uh finish with the music. Uh where we at here?
1: Suck, yeah. She, yeah. And she, ain't she ain't chasing ain't no
2: suckers. Only mess with real niggas. She ain't yeah. never fucking busts. Until you cars and you dreary that she really don't excite excite. Oh. All them hating assholes in the club won't <laughs> fight, fight it. She was born in the 80s, yeah. school to yeah. DC, got a job in Dallas, Texas, then moved to Tennessee. If you ain't a fast talk, need to go ahead and face it. Fake Gucci, fake Louis, it that'll make it break fast mm, that song be going hard. I
1: should've, I should've, I should've picked the Young Thug story.
2: Oh yeah, I know the chat room
1: gonna be mad at you, man. But don't I worry picked, about I it. Picked, that's my fault. I picked that whack ass Mario story.
2: <laughs> Nobody knew that that they didn't fuck. Okay, I don't read the stories before I read either. Like for all we know, Young Thug story could be one paragraph. Maybe they didn't fuck either. Uh-oh. I doubt it. Yeah, come on. You know <laughs> something it. went down with Young if your thug, thug. If Young now, Thug didn't fuck, oh wait, you know the gay comments would be off the chain in that one.
1: When in doubt, err on the side of the rapper. Yeah, yeah. Or with the rap groupie groupie tale.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, man. D, you probably got a good chance of hearing a good story.
2: See, I wow. feel like. See, I like that you swung with a public
1: enemy groupie story. Is like that's what somebody <laughs> needs to find out.
2: First of all, there's so no like? there's no public enemy groovy story. There's Chuck D or Flavor Flav yeah. or Terminator told,
1: X. You know, when them S1Ws was back there banging somebody, dog.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I just can't see them all fucking at the same time. Cause no. They <laughs> they styles are so different from each other. Like you gon. You only gonna get to fuck one of them dudes.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> I like even know who the other motherfuckers are, you know Professor Griff, and then there's a bunch of other dudes. Yeah,
2: and you know, and you know, ain't nobody going behind Flay. <laughs> right. so
1: Ooh. all his
0: women get to keep to his self.
1: But right. yeah, somebody needs to uncover that. Like, what, what, what are the public enemy? What would a public enemy uh, group? I
0: bet doing? you don't take that big ass clock off. He's about to set it on your ass. Who yeah. want to deal with that? I wonder if Chuck D had to follow him on Twitter.
2: I guess in my mind, I just can't picture him ever not being being serious. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I just feel like he'll start giving a speech to the girl while she taking a yeah, clothes like what on. What was,
1: like, did you, did you ever, like, lighten up, bro? Was there ever, <laughs> like, a party backstage? Did y'all do any... Because these motherfuckers tour the world repeatedly, and I'm right. like, where are you all stories, dog? Like, you have like, at some point, y'all had to have fun on the road. It could have yeah. all just been, like, reading Farrakhan interviews and fucking quoting the Quran or something. Like, it had to be some kind of real shit going on at some point.
2: Yeah. I hope. Oh man. That, Cause they
1: were a big ass group. Dog. Like they were. To this, this,
2: this reminds me of an episode we did uh, so long ago. Like when we first were starting the podcast
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, uh, Chuck D had followed me on Twitter or something It was a big deal to me at the time. And uh, we did a whole episode with me and, and doing a Chuck D as a kid impersonation and it was, it was all Chuck D not having no fun like just ruining all the other kids fun oh well, they gotta
1: be monkey balls
2: right you know? yeah exactly yes. and then uh, Chuck D uh, hit me up on Twitter and said it was funny man but he was like man of course I have fun come on man like, <laughs> nobody seen you smile in yeah.
1: 30 years bro yeah <laughs> hey that's
2: what I said
1: that's what I was, that you can have fun.
2: Yo, that's what I said, and he sent me a picture of him smiling, but <laughs> but it was like barely a smile. I was like, Chuck, I don't know, man. Right? It, it, like it hurts him.
1: Like he had like, all right, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Yeah, how to do this? <laughs>
2: like. Yeah, he went and found the one picture. I was, like I feel like to make Chuck D smile, you got to like think about a racist dime. Then he'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> right, <laughs> all right, <laughs> you got me." Oh, all right, here, here's our first article in guest the race. Um, I'm play my uh my music for guest the race here. Uh... Now that is time for some guest the race. That's right, it's Guess the Race time. Now that it's time for some Guess the Race. That's right, it's Guess the Race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race. The number one game show going across all the podcasts, man. We read or play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our contestant today, Stereo Williams, to guess the race. And the chat room plays along. And they're racist. All right. Very a woman is arrested for uh for maiming after a man claims his girlfriend tried to bite his penis off oh mm-hmm. just leave me you know what i mean <laughs> like you ain't got to like, just just leave with what you came with don't don't take my dick on the way out because that's not fair <laughs> Feel like you didn't bring that to the relationship <laughs> so you can't tell you can't leave with it yeah um <laughs> no matter what the contract says yeah a night out drinking and an argument with his girlfriend nearly cost a Tulsa man his penis officers responded to a Tulsa, hosp- a Tulsa hospital earlier third early Thursday morning where a man claimed his girlfriend attacked him while he slept Amber Ellis was arrested for maiming and assault with a dangerous weapon uh-huh. her teeth According to the yeah, police, the
0: can be a weapon.
2: The victim said he and his girlfriend were out drinking and began to argue while walking home, about how needy she had become.
0: Oh. you <laughs> said, "We'll see how much how needy I am."
2: You knew that was going to end well. Mm-mm. The couple verbally fought in the apartment until the victim told police Ellis stormed off slamming the bedroom door. Police say the victim fell asleep on the couch only to wake up to find Ellis biting his penis off.
0: Oh. Yeah, they
2: have penis in parentheses, so I'm assuming he said biting his dick off. Of oh, course, <laughs> bite my dick off, uh, or maybe cock. I don't know the race of the dude, so he could have been white. The victim told police he fought Ellis. She he fought Ellis off of him, but she hit him in the head with a laptop computer. Well, damn! What kind of Ric Flair bullshit is this? Oh, then she pop him and say woo over
1: an argument about, about how needy she was? <laughs>
2: right, I feel like he won the argument at this point like if you hit me in the head with a laptop and bite my dick off I feel like I won the argument you the too needy <laughs> yeah. right. ah! once once hospitalized the victim received several stitches to the base of his penis and he was treated for injuries to his head face neck fingers and knee well goddamn, was she chomping him up she was taken into custody for an interview and ultimately booked into the Tulsa jail so I guess the laptop was the weapon guess the race of Amber
1: Ellis Hmm. Well, a name like Amber is tempting to just assume that she's white. But let's take a look at the facts here. She got it. She she got angry because he called her needy. Mm-hmm. They were walking home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's think about this. I'm gonna go with white. All
2: right. Let's check the chat room. See what they believe. White, whiter than Michael Jackson at the death. Oh. Amber, white pink peen eater she columbus his peen white white oh. followed Don Lemon's advice white Oklahoma which means meth mouth which means sharp teeth which means cheese eater heard Beck's album before all the fuss white <laughs> white <laughs> yeah. walker the cheesiest also zero black people in Tulsa Patricia Arquette nibbler of that man cheese white white the Becky from Ply song white patio gorilla <laughs> so little brothers went black White. Lorena Bobbitt White. I know multiple black chicks named Amber. They fine also, so I'm going black. She thought the blacks and gays should have stopped what they were doing and helped bite this dick or two. <laughs> Taking circumcision to her own hands, white and white. The correct answer is stereo. You
1: got it. White. Wait, wait. It's, 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 it's Hold on, what'd you say? How many dick maiming incidents have we heard Where the perpetrator was a black woman.
2: Ah, you know, that's a good point, man. It's
1: not many. Sisters don't, you know, and and, and I'm not trying to stereotype and generalize, but I don't hear a lot of stories about sisters trying to cut your dick off or bite your dick off. Like, I just, I I don't hear that. That's true. You can keep the dick. That's good. Uh, And, of
2: course, uh, Leonard Brothers missed it, so. (laughs) Whoa, whoa calm down crowd they got rowdy on Leonard brothers now they're gonna turn tables the over only here. person that Still went too
1: yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah she definitely will bite your dick off yeah that's a dick biting lady that's a that's a dick biting white woman right there Mm-hmm.
2: her face was like yes i bit that dick <laughs> right so and i and it do it again like
1: because he abused her or even cheated on her that's what's mm-hmm. bugging me out is like he just said i think you need to, to change your behavior yeah as, can, as, as, as it pertains to your neediness.
2: I feel like you're kind of needy. What? Okay. <laughs> okay. We're, mm. we're going
1: to see what you need before the
2: night is over. Right. 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 That's how that comes as you You know what? I'm in the mood for sausage. And I'm not. <laughs> I, no, I don't need to go by the store. Mm, <laughs> I'm good. Uh, let's see. Let's do another one here. Um, all right. Let's see. Arizona man, 18, charged in alleged sex assaults. A prosecutor announced an indictment Thursday after an against eight, an eighteen year old Arizona student charged with sexually assaulting about a dozen girls over nearly five years. Oh, he was a serial rapist. Oh. Charges against Tyler Cost of Santan Valley include multiple counts of sexual assault with a minor, sexual abuse with a minor, and sexual conduct with a minor. He oh. also faces one child one count of child molestation. Uh, the oh, victims. getting some, ain't they Yeah, he, I guess that, they will. The victims were from 12 to 17 years old. Oh, I'm saying around
1: junior high kids and shit.
2: Cos mm-hmm. was born 1996, so he was 13 when the first offense allegedly occurred. But they plan to try him as an adult on all charges in Arizona. Once an individual turns 18, we don't have a choice. So basically, since he didn't give them a choice, he ain't got a choice. Um. Uh, attorneys with the law firm representing cost did not immediately respond to requests for comments during a hearing last week an attorney for cost requested to change a venue and a gag order on the sheriff's office the judge said he could not address those requests and told the defense to bring up the issues again once cost is formally charged cost is scheduled to be arraigned may 16th cost will face between 147 and nearly 334 years in prison if convicted of all charges of hope he's a vampire that motherfucker ain't never getting out <laughs> ever um penal county sheriff deputies arrested Cost last week accused him of being a serial sex predator who assaulted at least 18 students Ooh. Um, Mm-hmm. uh they said uh they could not comment on why the indictment only involved 11 victims so maybe seven didn't come forward or didn't want to testify or something according to the so indictment had passed maybe, well, at that young though, Karen? 13, 12, oh, 17? Okay, they really, really young. Yeah. According to the indictment, none of the alleged sexual assaults occurred in a school campus. Cost is accused of sexually abusing victims in his bedroom, in a parked car, parking out in the desert. Uh, during a news conference, his, uh, voice encouraged the parents of sexual assault victims to report crimes to authorities. Let your children know that we start by believing, he said. Um, then, uh, they said, uh, in addition to that, um, last week he threatened, they said he threatened to harass victims to such an extent that two fled the state God damn. and one attempted suicide. Damn. So he was like harassing them too. This is a serious and uh, a serial sex offender and rapist. Uh, they said an investigation was initiated after the sheriff's office got a call March 25th from someone reporting Costa sexually abused and molested five teenage girls. Glad somebody came forward, man. Cause this dude would have still been on them streets. Yeah, this right.
1: this this motherfucker. Yeah.
2: So I uh, guess That's... the race of Tyler oh. Cost.
1: I'm guessing white.
2: All right, let's check the chat room and see what they believe about this serial rapist. Um, messing with minors sound like Tiger's cousin, but I'm gonna go white though. Oh lord. White, albino <laughs> Bill Cosby. White, <laughs> whiter than Pookie from New Jack City's lips on a sunny day. Most likely suffers from influenza. White p word, uh, that means white. Swipe left on Tinder if you want to live. <laughs> <White>. <laughs> Native American says, "Hustle Crow, this is a people owning mayo, loving cheese, eating kind of evil white. Oh, whiter than all this dang snow. One whose favorite album is Hotel California. White,
1: white. Oh, that's white. That white.
2: white. <laughs> that's pretty white." White Cosby, Tyler is such a white name, whiter than a black man's porn collection. Damn,
0: Howard. (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: That's a good one. Yeah, Howard got a subscription to Blacks on Blondes. Mayo, white devilry knows no age, powdery perv, Oscar winner, pilgrim pecker white, pasty pedo, bad rap album winner, that that means white folks. Uh, The correct answer is uh, everybody got it except one person. White. <laughs> and uh who who gets Native American? Somebody, hustle
1: Somebody overthinking shit.
2: Yeah, terrible man. I believe oh, he God.
1: was Vietnamese.
2: Yeah, say that again, stereo. I believe he was Vietnamese. Right. <laughs> Cost, I mean it could be spelled with a with a Q. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So boo Hustle boo <laughs> All right, let's go to the bonus round. What's my bonus music? Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. Bonus round against the race. Double the points, double the race. So far, Stereo is two for two. Let's see if he can finish off strong. Here we go. Um, uh, Let's do... Uh let's do this one um alleged police brutality victim caught on camera punching himself in the face oh in a video released tuesday a california man who accused the oregon police of giving him two black eyes is shown to have beaten himself (gasps) (laughs) this is ingenious but like they caught him on camera so he got fucked right (laughs) um after Getting arrested January on charges of stalking and first degree sexual abuse. 33 oh. year old Alexander Robinson Thomas Wecky filed an assault complaint against detectives claiming he had been beaten. Unfortunately, jail cameras told a different story. The four minute video shows Thomas Wecky pacing as he punches both eyes. He then sits <gasps> down, resumes punch punch pounding his face. The time stamp shown in the video is not adjusted for time. After Thomas Wecky was confronted about the recording, he told the detectives that he thought the complaint would get him released. Thomas Wecky was subsequently found guilty of initiating a false report and attempted coercion, earning him about a $500 fine and 20 days in jail, plenty of time to get back at the guy who roughed him up himself. <laughs> uh, guess the race of Alexander Thomas Wecky. That name sounds Polish. So I got to go white. All right. Let's check the chat room. Whiter than all of Crency Jones' baby mamas. Minorities don't have to fake it, white.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He was black. (laughs) We we know he would have got his ass beat.
2: Dog kissing negro puncher, uh, one who can't who one who can breathe white. Okay, uh, wow, they got so many. I had to scroll back up. Where was I? One who can stop hitting us. Oh wait, only a white man can be this diabolical. A black man would not have to beat himself. Why? Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. White. (laughs) white beating himself off in jail currently white he he was black if he was black the cops would have definitely did it for him white uh fist raised and white power salute that last name white polish like that dirty mf for that coaches duke oh yeah thou who should not be named thanks dr dostax for respecting that jewish lord Jewish last name, white. It's a dot. It's a shock. He didn't blame a black guy for this, white. But, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Two niggers came in here. <laughs> right.
0: How did they sneak in here, sir? Nobody's been past me all day. Yeah, it reminds me of that, uh, one of my favorite shows, American
2: Dad, uh, Roger does a crime one time and, uh, they're, they're in trouble and they're like, what are we going to do? Police are coming. He's like, well, did you see him? He's like, who? The black dudes who broke in here did this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, black did you, uh, Did you ever see that Sopranos episode? Um, unidentified black males.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. They spent yeah. the
1: entire episode like everything that happened to them. They blamed it all <laughs> on black people. On black guys. God. <laughs>
2: such good social commentary. <laughs> um, let's see. A black man with me. Uh, white on white crime. Uh, amateur Kool Aid maker. White. Whiter than Howard's it tasted. Women oh oh negro purchaser my bad Leonard brothers white um let's see american dad okay so the rest is just them talking about american dad all right yeah uh the correct answer is white Mm -hmm. nobody missed that one Mm -mm. yeah everybody knows you got to punch yourself in custody then you got to be white
1: and the name the name gave it away the name sounded polish or jewish or something
2: yep yep can't can't even be mad at y'all man Mm-mm. y'all knocked it out the park um all right man uh last thing we got to talk about that damn sword ratchetness people okay we're sick of it and we need to discuss it because it's an ongoing problem in america where's my sword music there we go this is one of the sad stories about sword ratchetness. We have to read a man who threatened to cut his neighbor's head off with a samurai sword has had his sentence reduced. Why? Right. Was it less threatening once he was in jail? Cause or if man? you charged with a gun, you don't reduce the sentence. <laughs> right. right. A man who brandished a samurai sword at a neighbor and threatened to chop his head off has had his sentence reduced by a third. Oh, Mm-hmm. ironically, Less than the head is proportioned to your body. Um, Adam Neal, 31, waved the weapon and threatened to kill the man during a rant triggered by a spat at a party. Neild of bluebell close in Newton Hyde, was caged for 18 months at Manchester Crown Court last October after he admitted a fray and possession of an offensive weapon. But judges at London's Appeal Court ruled his punishment was excessive and cut it to 12 months, meaning he will be free within weeks. Yeah, free to cut again. <laughs> yes. So we like gonna jail him until he finally kills somebody. Then we like, oh yeah, I guess I right. need to be in there. Lord Justice Macomb said a row broke out between Neild and a neighbor, who was throwing a party. With the altercation leading to Neil retrieving the sword from his home, he was seen gesturing with the weapon before screaming, "I'm going to kill you! I'm going to chop your head off!" Toward the neighbor. It's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm.
0: You should add added more time for that Right. I, I don't want the police to get any of this wrong. Write it down. <laughs> you get five more years for that comment. On appeal, Nell's lawyers
2: argued that he had been sentenced on a mistaken basis that he'd been drinking heavily before the fracas. Nigga, it's worse if he was sober. <laughs> <laughs> they should get more time. They should be like, no, three years. You did this sober? What the fuck is wrong with you? And Lord Justice McComb sitting with Mr. Justice Nickel and Judge Stephen Kramer QC Agreed that the sentence was too stiff. Oh man, that's sad. Can't get them all. Shit, really can't get any of them. But um, <laughs> all right, man. Um, make sure you guys check out my man Stereo Williams on Twitter. Like I said, yes. Um, you know, if good follow, if you love music, uh, if you love seeing people discuss music, and, and he's an engaging dude. Man, He'll talk uh-huh. to you about your favorite music and all that stuff man so and a bunch of
1: shit you don't like <laughs>
2: yeah and a bunch of shit that you don't maybe you'll find something <laughs> that you don't even know you like you know what i mean True. so uh you never know man so make sure you follow a real cool dude and uh thank you so much for doing the show with thank us man thank you sweetie no problem, man
1: thanks for the invite it was fun
2: no doubt and of course check us out tomorrow we'll be back about 5:30 mm-hmm. and uh just uh the blackout test on iTunes, the stitcher and all that stuff and uh until tomorrow, love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. Mwah.